Hey everybody, welcome to the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Ivoli. The Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast is about talking to people who have dedicated their life to the game of lacrosse and learning about who they are, how they got to where they are today, and what they do to improve themselves and their teams. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GC Sports, and if you're a coach or a parent, check out Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. You can ditch the emails and spreadsheets. The free Game Changer Team Manager app streamlines communication, scheduling, and live scoring into one easy-to-use app. Game Changer Team Manager is 100% free for your entire team. Learn more at gc.com forward slash team manager or search for Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. Today in the show, we have Trevor Baptiste. At this point, Trevor needs no introduction. Anybody who's a lacrosse fan knows who he is. He's a graduate of Denver University, a four-time All-American at the Faceoff X, the Big East Midfielder of the Year as a sophomore. He was a two-time Twarden Trophy finalist. Currently plays in the MLL for the Boston Cannons and is competing in July for Team USA and Israel. I've never met Trevor in person, but his passion for the sport comes across when you talk to him. In this interview, we got a chance to talk about how he was recruited to play for Denver, what he focuses on throughout the season, his workout routine on the field and in the gym, and much more. Here's my interview with Trevor Baptiste. Trevor, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to get to chat. So let's start how we always do. Uh, how did you get started playing lacrosse? Uh, yeah, you know, I started playing lacrosse in, in fifth grade, at the end of fifth grade, going into sixth grade. Um, I basically started because I played football growing up, and, and all my friends played lacrosse in the spring. Um, and I remember I never really heard of the sport. Uh, I grew up in New Jersey, so it was a little bit of a hotbed, but, uh, I guess it was kind of still new at that time. Right. And all my football buddies said, Hey, you should play lacrosse. It'll be a lot of fun. We think you'll be really good at it. Um, I was like, all right, I'll give, I'll give it a shot. And then, uh, I just kind of went on from there. Right, right, right. And, uh, so at what point would you say that you started thinking about, Hey, lacrosse is, you know, this is the next thing. Like, I want to take this to the next level. Right. So I thought, so I swam growing up competitively and I, I thought I was always very serious with swimming. Uh, I thought I was going to swim in college for a while. Hmm. And then, um, and then I guess, well, in eighth grade, I started to get good at lacrosse and, and I really started <laughs> to enjoy it. You know, I started stringing sticks, you know, dying heads. I, I was really enjoying myself and right. enjoyed the enjoyed the sport so much. I was playing attack. I was scoring a lot of goals. Uh, it was awesome. And, uh, and then, uh, I guess it was something I always did in the swimming off season that kept me, that kept me sane and, and was almost like a hobby for me. Right. And then I started, uh, I guess when I was about 14 or 15, um, going to my junior year of high school, uh, or finishing my sophomore year of high school, mm-hmm. I, I kind of plateaued in swimming and I stopped getting better uh i train really hard uh, obviously i don't have the swimming body type so i'm sure you can imagine why <laughs> I, I uh i didn't i didn't really progress as a, as a swimmer right and i kept getting better lacrosse you know i kept progressing and 
uh, that I started taking face-offs my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, hey, I should try to give this crossing a shot. Um, right. And then, uh, then kind of like when I was in fifth grade, it kind of went on from there. Right, right, right. So what was uh, what was what led to the move from attack uh, to face-off? Right, so... So it's kind of like a transition. Uh, I started out playing defense in, mm-hmm. in fifth grade. And obviously, like anyone, any young kid, I wanted to score goals. Right, so right. I switched <laughs> to attack. <Yeah. laughs> I switched to attack. And uh, I, was pretty, I was pretty good. Um, you know, I was really, I was like one of the league scorers. And mm-hmm. then um, in high school, my coach was like, oh, you, you're a really good attackman, but you can run. Like, you've got to switch to midi. you got to play midi for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I, I played MIDI, uh, our team wasn't great, but, but I made the varsity team and then we never, we didn't have a backup face-off guy. So my coach at the time, Bill Rentiers, he, uh, he was a face-off guy in college and he said, Hey, you should try doing face-offs. I think you'd be really good at it. Right. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Um, I was just kind of the guy that warmed up our starter at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I like the, I like the competitive aspect of it. I like the one-on-one battle. Uh, but, uh, well, it wasn't anything that I really took seriously. You know, I was more just a two-way midi mm-hmm. until our, uh, until our starter got hurt. And then I got thrown into, I got thrown into the game. <laughs> I got absolutely smoked in my first game. Um, and then the starter graduated and then I had to take all the face offs from that point on. And, uh, I guess I just worked on it and, and I like the, I guess I like the competitive nature of it. I, I don't. Mm enjoy losing <laughs> so <laughs> right. i, I kind of just worked hard to get better at it right and uh it ended up taking me to taking me to denver right right so all right so you you know you started off at defense you moved to attack then you went to midi then you you know were facing off at midi who were you uh, was there were there players that you were modeling your game after when you you know when you were younger at what point did you start uh you know like at what point did you start looking up to you know other face-off guys or 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 other people that you're copying for your game that you maybe you still emulate today? Right. So so all growing up, you know, playing like attack and, and midi, I looked up to Kyle Harrison. You know, I was like, oh, I want to play like Kyle Harrison. You know, he's scores goals, he's slick. You know, right. um, and then as I started to take face-offs, you know, because there's that transition, I just I wouldn't say I, I looked up to anyone in particular, but mm-hmm. I really, obviously, like I was, I, I worked a lot with Chris Mattis in, in the yeah. Face Off Academy. So, mm-hmm. like, I kind of looked at them to, to teach me, to teach me the position. And um, I was, I guess, I, I guess you'd say, I, I would say I, I looked up to them, but right. uh, I looked up to them more as, as teachers and, and coaches and, and guys that, that were mentors for me to, that knew the position rather than um, people that I modeled my game after, you know? Gotcha. 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 So, uh, you know, in high school, let's say those, uh, you know, those last three years of high school, sophomore, junior, senior year, what, what were some of the things that you did uh, to get better as a lacrosse player? Um, I'd say I, just, I really just kept, I played a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't overplay. You know, I think I think now, like you get some kids that kind of wear themselves out, um, especially in high school. Um, 
you know, I, I, it was more of like I played, I would play in my backyard a lot. You know, I would just kind of mm-hmm. throw, I would always be throwing the ball around. I'd always be shooting on a net in my backyard or something like that. Right. Um, that I feel like th- those are the times where I really felt like I got a lot better. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of fun for me. You know, it wasn't like I was, I was told, putting a big toll on my body. It was mm-hmm. more just me enjoying myself, you know, enjoying myself out there and enjoying uh, the game. Um, and then also facing off wise, you know, I, I would, I would always just, I would text guys in the area that, that faced off of it. Hey, you, you want to get reps? You want to get reps mm-hmm. uh, sometime soon? You know, there's right. a guy, Austin Williams, he, uh, he went to Del Barin and Del Barin was a school that was like five minutes away from me growing up. And he was like, he was going to Harvard and he's a year older than me. And I was like, Hey, Austin, I'd always text him. Like, hey, you want to, you want to get some, you want to get some reps. I want to face off, you know? Right. And, and we would just go out on the field, just the two of us. And we'd play, uh, we played a down set go recording and, hmm. uh, and, <laughs> And we just go from there, you know, and that, I think right. I, those instances is I, I think that's where I got a lot better. Cause, cause you learn through muscle memory and you learn through experiences, you know, not right. just from guys actually telling you like, Hey, do this. Sometimes it takes a lot to just do it yourself and, and figure it out yourself. Right. Right. So, uh, sorry, you may have said this. Did you, did your high school team play against El Barton? Yeah, we played against them once in my in all my four years. Okay. Uh, in the in the county, I think semifinals. Gotcha. We uh, we lost by one goal. My it was my junior or senior year, um, <laughs> and it was a really close game. We, we would have moved on to the finals to play Mountain Lake. Right. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they. I'm sure if you ask any Del Barn guy that played that game, they would. They weren't too happy with their effort that day, but, but we almost pulled it upset. You know, we almost did it. <laughs> so, so I'm curious. So, uh, did you during that game? Did you you were facing off against Austin Williams, the guy that you you know would run reps on while you were practicing during the off season or even during the season? Is that right? So actually, now that now that you said that, I do remember it was, it was my senior year. So Austin Williams already graduated. Uh, okay. So you know what I was facing off against. I was facing off against Connor Mackey from Yale. Oh, wow. That's how I was facing off against. And then, and also um, Connor Curse, who gotcha. uh, plays at Villanova. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, you know, my, uh, my question where I was going with that is, I, you know, now, now that I'm older, you know, I, I look back at my high school career, there were definitely some really good lacrosse players in my area that I sort of knew, like through empires and just, you know, through travel teams and things like that. It would have made a lot of sense for me to reach out to them, you know, for, to go one-on-one or, you know, to, to, you know, do some reps with them or whatever. But I never was mature enough as a kid in high school to be able to reach out to somebody that I was going to be competing against to be like, Hey, do you want to go one-on-one? I hated those guys. <laughs> and I just, yeah. I, I, I just wanted to see if maybe, you know, you were a step ahead of my maturity, which it sounds like you were either way when you were in high school being like, you know what? It doesn't matter that I'm going to be playing against this guy. I need to get my reps in. I got to figure out how this works. Um, but, uh, but let's, uh, so let's move on, uh, you know, to you, uh, making the move to college. Uh, so a couple questions, um, first off, what made you decide on Denver? Um, so yeah, my, my recruiting story was pretty crazy. Um, and, right. and wild, you know, so, <laughs> so, uh, so I, the, 
Yeah, I, I quickly read this online. I, I wanted to see if, uh, go ahead. I want to see if it's what I heard. <clears throat> yeah, so like I said, you know, it wasn't really the straight line path that you really hear about um, in terms of getting recruited. I, you know, like, so kind of relating back to how I wanted to swim in high school for a while, and lacrosse was just something that I did for fun, you know, and then as I, as I got better, I started taking it more seriously, and then I said, hey, I want to give this a shot in college, but I thought I missed the whole Division One boat, because it, it was a little late, you know, <laughs> right. back then, there wasn't, there wasn't any recruiting rules, so right. uh, I think they were picking up they're verbally committing sophomores at that at that time. <laughs> right. So by the time I really started facing off, it was like the end of my junior year. By the time I really started getting good. Yeah. Um and then I uh I started getting looks for like division three schools. Um and then I ended up committing to Franklin and Marshall. Hmm. Um like my maybe like the end of my junior year. Um so I committed them for, for a while and I continue to get division one looks as I, as I kept playing, you know, I made like the under armor underclassmen games. And right. I was the only one on the team that was like uncommitted at that point. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, and then I was the only one on the team that was going to go division three, you know? And, right. and, uh, but I, but I loved Franklin and Marshall and I loved the coaching staff and I loved the team and, right. um, I loved just everything about it. So every Division One look I got, you know, I was like, you know, I like Franklin and Marshall better. I, I want to go to Franklin and Marshall. Hmm. Um, until Denver called at the end of my senior year, which is wow. incredibly late. Yeah, you know? So, yeah, it was March of my senior year. They called me and they said, hey, like, uh, we want you to take a visit. And I'm hmm. like, like, you sure you guys got the right guy? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> am I the right guy to do this? Um yeah. Like I, I'm committed to Division Three. I'm a senior, um, and of course I'm thinking like, oh, they want me to PG, or, or maybe they want me to come in like two classes later, something right. like that. <laughs> right. Um, and they're like, no, we want you now. You know, we want you now. If, huh. if you like it, then we can cross all those bridges when we get to them. And then, um, and then it, it all worked out. And I wow. went out to the campus. I love the campus. I love the team. Obviously, love the coaching staff. Yeah. And it was really. Uh, I didn't, I didn't sense, uh, there's no hierarchy. I sent like everyone was great friends and hmm. it's one of the best communities I've ever been a part of. Wow. So, so let me get a, a little clearer sense of the timeline. So this is the end of your senior year. So they're talking to you, what, in, in end of May or, I mean, I guess it must've been June, right? Uh, it was, no, it was, uh, it was like, the, it was like the beginning of March. Gotcha. Okay. And then, so when did you, when did you actually take a visit to Denver? Uh, probably like a, a week after they reached out to me, they said they really wanted to get me out there. And, wow. Um, I was like, all right, I'll check it out. Uh, I never been to Colorado before. I never been to Denver, obviously. Wow. So I was like, yeah, I'll check it out. And then, uh, I loved it. And then I went home, I thought about it for, for a couple days and then, and then I said, I think this is an opportunity that I can't, that I can't let go of. And wow. And then uh, obviously it was, it was tough, you know, because I gave Franklin and Marshall my word and I was really set on that school and right. you never want to go back on a commitment. So right. uh, my dad and I drove up to Franklin and Marshall the next week and we just basically told the coach face to face that, you know, that we 
that like this happened out of the blue. Like it wasn't like I was searching for it. Right. You know, it just kind of happened, and um, I just feel like this this opportunity I can't let go of. Wow. So in a in a two week period, you basically just re- like reverse course, whole new direction of where you're going for college lacrosse. Right. Right. Wow. <laughs> Maybe even a week and a half. <laughs> so, so that that first semester, you know, I mean, especially with the quick turnaround time, uh, did you feel like it was a fit? Did I feel like it was a what? Did you feel like it was a fit right away when you got to campus? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You know, um, I loved it. You know, I love, uh, um, I loved all the guys, all the freshmen, obviously, because we were living together. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of fun, you know, and I think, uh, I think it definitely gave me a different perspective because growing up, I, I went to a, uh, you know, I, I'm from the Northeast, like every, everything I did was like the Northeast coast, you know, right. and all the colleges I looked at were on the Northeast coast. Um, so it kind of like opened my horizons to see, to see different people from different areas and also like experience lacrosse in a different area and in the sport and, Right. Go to a school where not everyone's from Long Island, New Jersey, and Baltimore. You know, we got guys from like my roommate was from Las Vegas. You know, Grant Grab. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. Uh, so, so you know, you head out to Denver. Uh, you know, as much as an accomplished cross player you are, you know, you were also a pretty good student athlete. How did you? How did you balance the two? You know, I know from personal experience, and I'm sure it's even gotten worse now, uh, you know, being a student athlete is essentially, or being a lacrosse player in college is essentially a full-time job. You add school on that. It's an extra level of stuff. How did you work out balancing school and lacrosse? Right. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I think my parents really did a a great job of preparing me for it. Um, I think like always growing up, um, they put a lot of responsibility and onus on me to, to make sure that, that I got my schoolwork done, you know, and going through high school, I had a hectic schedule with sports, but you know, like you said, it's nothing like the division one level, but they always, they always put a lot of emphasis on, you know, school first, you got to get your grades, your grades, right. And, um, it doesn't matter how great of a lacrosse player you are. If if you don't, if you don't do well in the classroom, you know? Um, and I think, and I think even in the recruiting landscape, you know, you, you, it will open so many doors for you if you if you get the job done in the classroom, right. and it won't close any doors. You know, you right. have right. you have only upside potential right. if you if you get good grades. You know, so so yeah. But but more specifically, how I balanced it, you know, I think uh, I think obviously time management. I think Denver did an amazing job making sure that we had like the resources. And if, if we needed help, that help was there for us in terms of, count, uh, you know, like tutoring or, or obviously Coach T just hooking us up with the right people. Um, and then, uh, and then I think, I think the university itself definitely understood if, if you opened a line of communication with, with your professors, you know, they understood like if you're traveling, cause we fly to every, every away game except the Air Force. Right. So if, if I'm, if I was traveling on Wednesday or Thursday that week and I didn't get back till Sunday, they understood. And, um, but, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's the student's responsibility to get it done. So, um, yeah. So, but I think, uh, I think balance is everything. Balance is everything in life. 
And the other thing that, that I learned from Coach T and, and the whole Division One experience is, is it's hard to turn, to turn off uh, success, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. if you're having success on the field, but you're, you're just kind of slacking in the classroom, it's, it's hard to, to really reach your full potential on the field if you're slacking in other areas of your life, right. you know? But if you try to be your absolute best in all areas, and everything, every other component will will work out. You know, you'll you'll reach your potential in every component if you can try to hit it in in everything. You know? Right, right, yeah. That's uh, so. I I I totally agree with that aspect. You know, one of the one of the things that you know, I which was preached a little more to me, or maybe it was I just didn't listen when I was in high school. Was uh, you know, all the all the habits that you need to be a good student are all the same habits and routines that you need to be a good lacrosse player. And right. you, you, you have to develop them everywhere in order to be excellent at them anywhere. Uh, and I think that's a, that's a great point. Um, so, so I, you know, I, I, I gotta, I want to put you on the spot a little bit uh, and, and sorry to do this, you know, while I was preparing for the interview, doing a little research, you were were you first team all american your freshman year at at denver did i read that right yeah so yeah so so here's my question which i I found incredibly i mean obviously that's incredibly impressive uh but you went from you know basically being uh not really recruited almost you know almost not going to to school for college or uh sorry uh going to college to play lacrosse you end up you know uh committing to a D3 school, then you are very late in the game, recruited by Denver, and then your freshman year there, you end up as a first-team All-American. How do you, how did you as a player get the confidence to make that jump? Um, I mean, that's quite an impressive feat for, uh, a, you know, somebody coming out of high school, going into D1, uh, you know, to make first-team All-American, let alone somebody who, you know, wasn't a hot recruit and almost didn't even play D1 to get, uh, you know, All-American, first-team All-American your freshman year. What gave you that confidence? How did you make that jump? Right, yeah. So I think, first of all, uh, you know, like my coaches and teammates made me feel comfortable. You know, I think that was the the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they never – I never – I always felt like they had my back. You know, whatever – no matter if I was – if it was in the fall when, when I didn't know if I was going to play or not, or if it was in the national championship, my freshman year, you know, everyone always had my back, um, the whole, the whole, the whole way, you know, and that goes from the coaches to, to my, to my teammates. So I think that right there gave me a tremendous amount of confidence and knowing that like, if I'm out there, I'm out here for a reason and I know that everyone's supporting me. Um, and then, and then the other side of it, just more personally, I, I think I just didn't really focus on all that. I think I just thought about <laughs> just going out and playing my best, you know, right. and just competing. I think, I think a lot of times younger guys, when they go through recruiting or they're playing or, and everything like that, I think it's really, it's really easy to focus on like, oh, what if I mess up or, oh, like I'm having a bad day today or oh, this guy I'm going against is really good, mm-hmm. which all those things might be true, you know? Right, right. Um, but 
but you can always fall back on just being a competitor and just competing hmm. and putting your best effort out there to to win and, and to get your respective assignments done. Right. You know, no matter what it takes. Right. And if you come up short, then you just go out of the field. You try it again. You know, and you try harder right. until until you get it. Right, right. That's awesome. So, uh, you know, you had a great freshman year. How do you? How did you approach the process of sort of of sort of improving every year? Like, what what were you thinking in terms of you know you had a great freshman year? What do you do to get better that next year, and then that next year, and next year? How did you approach that? Um. No, I think uh, like Coach Orson and Coach Brown and Coach T always did a great job of of uh, letting me know the things I need to uh, work on and, and improve on um, throughout the years. And I think I just, uh, I think I just, <laughs> I guess, I guess I just always wanted to reach my full potential. And mm-hmm. I would say I'm, I'm pretty hard hard on myself as a as an individual. So a lot of times I. I'd, I'd say it, I had a great game statistically, but like in my mind, I was like, you know, like, uh, like I could have did this, this, and this better, or, or uh, you know, I messed up this play or that play. So I feel like in a lot of in a lot of senses, I'm on my own worst critic, you know. Right, right. So uh, which which is tough, you know, but because that's just the way I am. But I think right. it's, it's helped me a lot to, to improve every year, right. you know. And then, so, you know, so let's, let, let's take it on a, on a game by game basis. You know, let, let's say you are identifying those, those weak points or those things that you could have done better. Um, you know, what do you do next, right? Like, are you deliberately focusing on those and, you know, in the next coming week or, or how do you think about it? How do you approach that? So yeah, during practice, uh, I would just hop in the drills and, and things like that. And then we would do 30 minutes of individual work with just the, uh, with just the face-off guys before practice. Mm-hmm. So in those 30 minutes, we'd really take the time to, to, uh, to work on technique, work on things that were, that were missing, you know? Um, and then I try my best to really get that done, uh, earlier in the, in the week rather than later. So mm-hmm. like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, really preparing for, preparing for whatever, who I'm going against, but also, working on the things I messed up on last week. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully if I, if I did my job during the week, then when it comes to game time, I'm just, I fix that issue and I'm, and I'm ready to go, you know? Right. And if it's something that I'm really struggling with, then when it comes game time, you know, I just got to have confidence in my preparation mm-hmm. and know that, uh, and know that like I, I'm ready. And if I'm not ready, then, I could just compete, you know, right. just, just right. battle with it. And then next week I'll, I'll just keep working on it. And, uh, and I think I've been, I think fortunately and unfortunately I've seen so many different, uh, tactics to go, to go against, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of other face-off guys trying to do things to get me off my game. Right. Um, so I think that's because I've seen so many different things. It's, it's been, I've been able to, experience ways to beat them, you know, right. or, or you know work hard to, to get creative. Right. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so real quick, you know, I, I know it's only been a couple of games, but how has the transition from college to MLL been so far? 
Oh, it, it's been great. You know, um, I love the MLL. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I love the Boston Cannons. It's a great organization. They're, they're all um, really nice people, really nice players on the team. I feel extremely welcome. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, in terms of playing, it's been, it's been tough. You know, everyone's really good. MLL is no <laughs> joke. It's no joke. Um, right. Which I didn't, which I, I mean, I'm not going to say I didn't expect it, but mm-hmm. maybe I overlooked it. Maybe I thought division one was, uh, it was, was really a really high level as well, which it is, mm-hmm. but the MLL takes it to the next level. So, right. so, <laughs> right. uh, so, you know, there's, there's definitely some rules, uh, within the face off that are different that, that I'm still getting used to. And I think I can, um, exploit those rules, not exploit like cheat but like actually use them but right. you know like i think one in particular uh and the biggest one in my mind is when you get the clamp you can hold it down there for four seconds and you can look around move around as opposed to college once you start once you stall with the clamp like look around you're gonna get a withholding call right um so i think if i'm getting the clamp i gotta use my time you know because mm-hmm. Because everyone's so athletic on the wings, the faceoff guys are more athletic. Um, exiting is much harder in the MOL, so I really gotta use those four seconds rather than rushing my exits like I did in college. Right, right, gotcha, gotcha. So uh, you know, I want to focus a little bit, uh, you know, and, and I'm keeping my eye on the clock. I, I want to focus a little bit on on sort of uh, your training sessions, if we can. I want to um, you know separate it by you know in the field or in the weight room. Can you walk us through? What is a typical uh, training session for you, right? If you're if you're going to go to the field by yourself or maybe with another partner, um, what does that look like? Can you walk us through a, a, a typical session? Right. Yeah. So so if I'm going on the field with just me and another faceoff guy, um, I would say it's probably ninety percent live faceoffs mm-hmm. and ten percent like maybe just warming up, stretching a little bit, and. Uh, we'll do a couple drills to get our hands, our hands warm. Like, like one person goes 50% on the ball, doesn't move, just gives some resistance, things like that. Right. And then 90% live reps. Cause, Cause I put a lot of value in live face offs. I think those, that's, that's the most crucial way to get better. Right. Um, because the drills are, the drills are great, but, you'll never get anything as realistic as a live face off, you know? So I think, uh, practicing those is great. Um, and then, uh, I think this year, uh, we had some, we had some injuries with our, with our face off unit. So a lot of times I had to go on the field by myself. Um, and then with just by myself with coach O and, you know, we do a lot of things like, just footwork, you know, so technique, I'm getting the clamp, I'm spinning around, exiting different ways, putting buckets in front of me. So like I have to exit around the bucket, picking the ball up, throwing it to Coach O, things like that. So a lot of footwork things, a lot of technical things um, that I worked on this year uh, right. that, I, that I think helped, you know, but I right. think live face-offs are the best way to, are the best way to get it done. Gotcha. Um Quick, quick question. Yeah, then, when, uh, when you go and, uh, you know, let's say you go up to the field, it's just you and another face up guy. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, you said that you have a recording to, uh, you know, to, to play back the call, um, you know, for the face off, but 
is there a way that you typically practice for, you know, different cadences, right? You know, yeah. not, not every ref is going to be the same way. How do you guys handle that? Right. Yeah. So, so first there is the recording that me and Austin used to use. It was, uh, it's pretty old, you know, it's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's about like 20 tracks and each mm-hmm. track is a different cadence. Right. So you just play the playlist and you shuffle it. But now, uh, Space Off Academy came up with this app that, that you can put a, um, like a time limit. So you can say like between one and three seconds. Right. And the whistle is random between one and three seconds. So you make it between one and ten and, gotcha. or five and ten seconds. You can make it between one and ten seconds, you know. So you can make it completely random, like between ten seconds. So right. now, like, technology is definitely, um, ramping up and helping those those right. uh those recordings you know that's awesome that's i'll have to uh, i have to put a link to that app in uh in the article for for this interview um yeah but, i know uh, hopefully they'll give me some commission for it too now <laughs> <laughs> i'm out of college no i'm kidding <laughs> uh so so let's move on what is uh uh you know what's your training like in the weight room how many how often do you go what does it typically look like uh yeah so so during, like, obviously I've been a Division One athlete, so I've been obviously working out on a strength and conditioning program with a trainer, um, which is, like, during during the fall, it's like five days a week. During the during the season, it's it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but we start playing on Saturday, so, so we don't really do it on Fridays, you know, right. so it's mainly two days a week during the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me... Now I'd say that kind of adds to that MLL transition. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird doing everything by myself, you know, not with right. the team, even practicing, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of doing everything by myself and, um, or going out on the field and not having a guy to do live faceoffs with even during the week and even in warm up, you know, for the game, right. you know, it's just me. It's for most of the time, it's just me out there. Um, right. cause <laughs> Cause you only have like a, you only dress like 23 guys or, or whatever it is. You right. know? Yep. So, so that's, that's been, been a huge transition for me. That's mm-hmm. been tough. Cause I, cause I like to take a lot of lives before the game. Right. And I just haven't been able to do that. You just haven't been able so, to do it. Right. Gotcha. Right. Um, but, uh, so going off your question in, in, in the gym now, I try to go, uh, I try to go at least like five days a week. Um, but currently, um, working with our strength and conditioning coach at BU, since mm-hmm. I'm having such a quick turnaround and I just started, I ended a season and started another season right. within a week of each other. Right. I've been doing a lot of like less tolling things on my body. Um, so like I'm not really lifting heavy right now. I'm doing a lot of conditioning, doing a lot of, uh, like high, lower weight, higher reps. Um, gotcha. because I guess I don't know the whole science behind it, but <laughs> you're saying basically the way you could put it is my body is really worn out and, right. uh, and you don't want to, you don't want to push it too much right. because I got the MLL, even though it's one game a week. I got the world games coming up, you know, right. Um, maybe play seven games in nine days. Right. You know? So I want to be in a good spot, but I don't want to be, I don't want to be tired. Right. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so real quick, let's, uh, let's focus on, uh, your, you know, preparation for like an upcoming game, right? So how do you prepare for an upcoming, an upcoming opponent? Let's say if your game is Saturday, uh, what's your week like preparing, preparing for a team or preparing for a face-off guy? Right. So are you saying in the MLL currently? Uh, yeah. Or, you know, even, even playing at Denver, what would, uh, you know, what would that process look like for you? Right. So, yeah. So I'd say there are two vastly different processes. Um, so usually at Denver, um, like we find out who we're playing next week, uh, or we know who we're playing next week and find out Mm. if it's a tournament, but, (laughs) um, so, um, so Monday, uh, usually just practice. Um, and then like uh, this year, you know, I was kind of playing midfield, you know, through practice, which was, which was a lot of fun. Right. Um, and then we'll lift right after practice. And then Monday, maybe we'll throw a couple face-offs in practice in terms of a drill or something, mm-hmm. but not that much. Tuesday, we would usually do a face-off drill within practice. So whether that's face-off to shot or, um, we did a lot of face-off in a six-on-six, which was which was a lot of fun. Um, so it's kind of like half field, mm-hmm. and then you do a face-off, and then if you win, you like go play offense or right. like you pretty active offense. You do one v ones, and then uh, Wednesday before practice, we'll do that half an hour session, like I talked about mm-hmm. uh, with Coach O and the whole face-off unit, and um, that. In that point, uh, we would really be working on, like, say, specifically who we're going against. So uh, all the face-off guys would throw different looks at me of, of what we think we're going to go against. Um, in that half hour, we'll do some technique in that half hour. We'll just get a good, strong half an hour go before mm-hmm. practice. Uh, and sorry, and, and, and usually, too, uh, before that time on Wednesday, we'd watch some film on uh, the face-off guy. Uh, and the whole face-off unit, we watch him film. Mm-hmm. And then Thursday, uh, if we're playing away, then we'll practice. Usually do another face-off field and practice for like a few minutes. And then, aside from that, I'm playing midfield, you know. And then uh, and then if we're away, you know, we, we fly out that day. Uh, and if we're home, we can just get ready for walk-through or uh, pre-game practice on Friday. Usually do a few face-offs in practice while they're doing man-up, man-down on Friday, and then get ready for the game on Saturday. Gotcha, gotcha. And so a typical game day for you, what's it like? Any superstitions, pre-game meal, any routine or anything like that? Um, well, I guess like most of them were away, and I feel like we spend most of our time playing away. Right. But, uh, but you know, all the, t- all the meals are team meals, so – you know, Coach T has us eat four hours before the game, so there's always that. Um, but for me personally, I like to wear the same compressions every game. I obviously wash them, just like the same pair. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, and then I use, I like to wear the same thing before I go to bed the night before. Uh, sure. Or like that, I wear two beds the night before. Um and uh, so it's actually, it's actually kind of funny. It's a, it's a pair of boxers I wear. And, 
in a t-shirt from freshman year. So like one of our Denver t-shirts from freshman year. Right. And, uh, these boxers are, they ripped, <laughs> they like ripped <laughs> down the crotch. There's this huge hole going like down the crotch of the boxers, but I still wear them. So yeah, you just got to ride so that there's out. There's a little tradition. Yeah. yeah. I did. I had, I had a shirt, uh, you know, the exact same thing, just holes all over it. You got to let that one, you got to let it ride as, as yeah. long as you can still wear it, you keep it on. Um, right. <laughs> cool, man. Well, listen, I, I appreciate you taking the time. I, I told you I'd keep an eye on the clock. We'll let you go in a minute, but there's one question I've asked everybody who comes on the show. Uh, for some people, it's the hardest question. Uh, what are three things everyone should be doing every day to get better at whatever it is they do? doesn't just have to be lacrosse. What are three things everyone should do every day? Um, three things. So I'd say one, anything. So it doesn't have to be lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say... Um, I think look look to where you can improve mm-hmm. uh, as one. Um, look how you can help others, hmm. and then uh, I'd probably say three smile. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, and have well, it so it's like smile, like have a good time, you know, like enjoy right. what you're doing. I feel like if you don't if you don't enjoy what you're doing and and uh, are excited about it, you're never going to get better at it. Right. I, I, I agree, man. And, and if I can say, you know, I, I haven't met you in real life, but it, it comes across that you genuinely enjoy playing lacrosse and you enjoy what you're doing. So uh, I definitely appreciate that. But Trevor, uh, listen, man, thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. Hopefully I can meet you in person one day, but maybe we can get you back on the show uh, for another interview sometime soon. Good luck uh, in July in Israel. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Yavoli. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Yavoli. You can find more episodes of the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast on this season at thisseason.gc.com. If you like the podcast, Please take a second to give it a positive review on iTunes. This helps more people find the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GC Sports. And if you're a coach, a parent, or you run a traveler club team, check out Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. It's an essential, all-in-one scheduling and communication app for lacrosse coaches and parents. Game Changer Team Manager is free, it's easy to use, and it doesn't serve ads. Learn more at gc.com forward slash team manager. Until next time, keep working and keep getting better.